Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. You are now in the Corn Roof Podcast, a sports podcast from Bellip Sports and the Bellip Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been three long weeks. I think the beer I'm drinking might be skunked. We'll figure that out. Either way, I am so happy to be back with these two handsome gentlemen right here. Um, If you do not know what this is, this is the amazing Cornwood Podcast. We are back for season nine. I don't know how we made it to nine seasons, but we're still fucking here somehow. Um... And yeah, guys, somehow um, I actually retained my co-host this year. Between between, hmm. between listen, between seasons uh whew, between seasons six and seven, I lost uh, I lost a couple guys, gained a couple through between seven and eight, and uh they've hung around, man. Welcome into season nine, of course. I am your host, Jerry Clem, uh, alongside my amazing co-hosts. Mr. Matt Ordazzo, the TikTok sensation. This man broke, had that car news on TikTok within five minutes of Rap Sheet's tweet. I was, I don't know if I was more impressed or like just terrified with your dedication to getting TikToks out. I think you have a secret unholy addiction to it. I think you'd be very impressed. I was not only working, I was booking a flight and posting the TikTok at the same time. So I was was getting a flight through the hopper. skill right there. Posting on TikTok and processing invoices. Well, there you go. And also, ladies and gentlemen, the man, the myth, the legend, who helps we run our Twitter account, our resident Chris Collinsworth impersonator, <laughs> and the only person I've ever worked with who contradicts me more than Kevin, ladies and gentlemen, our boy Mason. <clears throat> Fellas, I am so happy to see you both. I am so happy to talk football. I watched like six hours of film this weekend, and it made me feel happy. Yeah, my Tar Heels lost to Duke, but they're a bunch of fucking bums this year, so I don't care. Um, man, just good emotions all around. John Bones Jones is the heavyweight champion of the world. 
I that was maybe the fastest fight I've ever watched in UFC, but I still enjoyed it. Also, by the way, if you are listening to the show, if you want to see our ugly faces, or at least they're my ugly face, they're two handsome faces, you can catch us on our YouTube channel. All replays of shows will be live on there within the following 48 hours. Gentlemen, it's a great show. We've got draft coverage. We've got combine reporting. <clears throat> We've got more NFL headlines than I can count, and it's not even March 15th yet. Yeah, it's overwhelming. I like it's, listen, uh, March 15th is like my Christmas, and this is like yeah. amazing. Oh, I, I look forward to it every year. I, I can't wait. It's um there's a lot of a lot of things going on. A lot of a lot of people that might be available that I didn't think would would be available. You see like Derrick Henry getting shopped, Cortland Sutton getting shopped, DeAndre Hopkins, you're talking, you know, Leonard Fournette's released, Joe Mixon might be cut. It, it's Adam Thielen might be cut if he's not restructured his deal. It it just feels like the last handful of years we've seen more higher end free agents like pop into the pop into the free agency <clears throat> frenzy, and it's just all about is your team got enough money to spend. What what really cracks me up the most about this entire starts free agent frenzy is that a lot of stuff has kind of bubbled and then boom. The Derrick Henry thing, and I guess we'll start off with that one, with him being put on the trade block. Every year we're like, oh, running backs this, running backs that. But Derrick Henry, though. Now D8, now King Henry is now on the block, and I've heard Bills. Fuck, I heard the Bears. And for some reason, my Eagles are now involved. And I said in the chat to you boys, I'm like, just imagine the combination of DH. Kenny Gainwell and Jalen Hurts running the football. Just, just, just call it on, on uh, trying to stop that running game. I, I mean, it'd be great. And they're like, "Oh, he's owed ten million dollars." I'm like, on a one year punch, that's not bad for a running back who's going to rip you fourteen hundred yards if he's healthy. No, he's like, he's like a fifteen times better Legarrette Blunt for the for the uh, Eagles. Eagles. He's a he's Legarrette Blunt <laughs> with a with a with a with a third gear. Like he can <laughs> get down the field. Like. <laughs> Blunt's biggest problem with his game was he had no top end speed. He was going to barrel through you. He was probably in Madden. His highest speed rank was like an 88. He would stumble through the line of scrimmage and start like rumbling down the field. And then any quarterback or safety and their mother could catch up with him. But I mean, it'd be fun to watch him just run through people. I love it. If he goes to the Bills, and I think Matt, you said this. I mean, you guys are both AFC East fans. So I guarantee you guys don't want him in your division. No, it's curious to see if, if they can get it done with him or if it's going to be another one of those things where they just fall short again. But, I mean, if you, you look at the, you know, the rest of the AFC, I mean, you have the Bengals are stacked. The Chiefs Chiefs honestly are not really stacked, but they just they just figure it out. Like, I don't think an offense like Adarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman is stacked, but they they figured it out. Um, so you have to figure out ways to compete with with these competitions. And Derrick Henry is exactly would be an amazing fit for Buffalo. It's just a matter of, you know, like I think it was Mason or somebody said, it's pretty much like Josh Allen's like RB1 for them. So, I mean, they're probably looking for somebody to take some pressure off of him, which Derrick Henry would be perfect. But I don't want to see him in my division at all. Unless it's my team. Pair him up with Brees Hall would be amazing. But um, One of what, your 4,000 freaking running backs? Yeah. Him and uh, him and Philly would be. It would take a lot of pressure off Jalen Hurts, keep him a little healthier. He wouldn't have to scramble as much. Um, it, it it would be amazing anywhere he goes. Perfect fit for them. 
I, I'm ecstatic <clears throat> for three reasons. I think that if <clears throat> the wolf, if the uh, wolf, um, if the um, I think the best fit is Philly because I think they're going to give him enough touches where he's going to get his production, but he'll stay healthy because they're gonna they want to keep using Gainwell, they want to use Hurts, they will probably draft <clears throat> resign Boston Scott for one for two games out of the year when he has to beat the Giants. Um, but besides that, like the biggest, I think the bills, I think that's too high profile for the bills. They're too hell bent on making, um, James cook their feature back. They'll probably go get somebody who's a little more banged up. Maybe a kid, a guy like, um, Singletary from the bears, or maybe they go get a Miles Sanders. I don't know. Like they're going to go get a guy who they can throw in a rotation. Cause they're hell bent on making this James cook thing work. But they're not probably not going to retain re, uh, retain Naheem Hines if they do. They're definitely going to have to restructure that contract. But I genuinely, genuinely think that going forward, the primary landing spot is Philly. And it's really hard for me to say that shit because it's like, I love seeing my team involved. But at the same time, it's like, you, you kind of want to be objective with it. Philly's so. just going to be taking every big-time player from Titans going forward now. This Last year's A.J. Brown. This year's Derrick Henry. Somewhere in some bar in uh, somewhere some bar in uh, Tennessee, John Robinson is drinking himself stupid. <laughs> Mace, what do you um, think on this shit? Yeah, I mean, with the with the Henry Bills kind of chatter, I feel like you know we can remember back to a few months ago where McCaffrey was obviously on the block from Carolina, and they were in that final group of um you know, three or three or four or five teams um, that were trying to get a deal done. And, and a lot of people felt like that made the most sense. I mean, you know, obviously the Rams were there, um, you know, San Francisco obviously ended up getting him, but um, definitely I feel like that would be a good fit because the Buffalo offense is super predictable. I think we can all agree on mm um mainly pass heavy don't really run the ball a whole lot and you know that's something that they could absolutely improve on and you know at that point you have to think that if they add a guy like Henry um where where is their weak spot you know in terms of at least on offense you know um I think we we all know that Henry like you said Jerry when he's healthy um you know, I think a lot of us, me personally included, would probably say he's the best back in the league, I think. When he's fully healthy, I mean, he's unstoppable. So we'll just have to see. I mean, Eagles Eagles are interesting just because I, I don't know if he's going somewhere where he's going to be splitting time. Um, I, I think, obviously, we know he's going to go to, like, a contender. But, um, you know, I still feel like he wants to go somewhere where – He's kind of the the star of the show, you know. I don't know if he's going to Philly where he's going to be splitting, you know, handoffs with with Gainwell or Boston Scott, like you said. I feel like it's the only thing is with that is maybe he's starting to realize maybe he does need to get to give up ten carries a game because of the fact that like I think he wants to play longer than thirty one or thirty two, which most of these running backs have done in the league by then, especially power guys. I could see him playing for another five, six years. He goes to teams where he literally only has to get 15 to 20 max carries a game. 
I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like he's still in his prime in my mind. Um, I guess next year we'll, we'll know. Um, but I mean, just such a, such a good player. Like, you know, the yeah. only thing that really has ever held him back is literally if he's on the field or not. Um, if he's on the field <clears throat> and they can run the ball efficiently, I mean, this guy might go for, for 200 yards and like two touchdowns, you know? So it's just, yeah, it, I, I don't really see anything like, because I, I don't know who's going to take like a flyer on him. I guess it's not really a flyer, but, but basically use him as a one-year rental um, besides a team like <clears throat> Buffalo, like, um, the, the Eagles, I mean, do you feel like Sanders is gone? Um, yeah, no, they're not. His Super Bowl performance kind of nailed his coffin shut because <clears throat> they were going to cut, they were going to let him go going into the season unless he put up an all pro year. He puts up a borderline all pro year, but in the playoffs, he's fucking useless. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, in the regular season, he was, he was pretty darn good. But in the playoffs, our most useful running back was Kenny Gainwell. Yeah, because Gainwell just Gainwell ran like his head, like his life depended on where Miles looked like he had made his bag already. I was like, and then the two fumble, the fumble in the Super Bowl. Even though we got the ball back, I was just like, all right, I'm done with this motherfucker. And also, like there were a couple times there was holes, and he just wouldn't cut right. He cut left, or he runs straight into him. And I'd watch Gainwell break five tackles and fall forward for six yards. I'm like. Miles has 30 pounds on this dude and is just not even trying to run hard. And I just, I think, I think Howie and um, Nick were looking like, we got, we can't be paying this guy the $15 million he's going to ask for. I think a lot of, um, maybe some people may not remember is Derrick Henry. He, even though he gets hurt, like he still puts up like numbers. Like remember, like it was 2021. He had 937 rushing yards on the season. That was because he missed, um, he missed a bunch of time hurt. That was when he came back in the playoffs. He still was like top five in rushing right. for like nine and, weeks. And, and missed half of the season. Yeah. You know? um, I mean, if, if he would have played the entire season, obviously would have ran away figuratively and literally with the with the rushing title for yeah. sure and i think honestly in that season probably would have been in consideration for mvp yeah. um definitely offensive player of the year because the the titans were the one seed um you know obviously people have their own thoughts on how good tennessee w- was that year but um you know yeah <clears throat> Two years removed from that, I guess, you know, definitely still an extremely formidable player who, yeah. you know, is, is pretty much capable of anything I think we would say. like, Yeah, and to put into perspective just how valuable of a player he is and just how good of a player he is. So he's, he's played in seven full seasons so far. He's entering his eighth year. He has 8,300 rushing yards. And if you remember his first two years, <clears throat> he, was, he was playing behind DeMarco Murray. He had, you know, 490 yards his rookie year, and his second year he had 744 rushing yards. Then in eight, in his third year is when he topped 1,000. Then he had 1,500, 2,900, 1,500. This dude was only – this dude's only been a primary running back for his team for maybe maybe five seasons. 
and he's already got 8,300 yards rushing. So I think that just shows you how valuable this man can be for a team just because he has 200 and something rushing yard games more than anybody has. Like, it's not uncommon for Derrick Henry to have like four 200 plus yard games. Right. And that's just scary because nowadays it's like, some 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 teams don't have running backs for years, top 100 yards in a game or a thousand yards in a season. This dude just does 200 and something yards every time he plays the Texans. Every single time, well, it's insane. Right. So here's here's my hypothetical, guys. Um, let's say let's say Philadelphia throws or let's say Buffalo or Philly it doesn't really matter. Um, I could easily see the Titans going. Oh, hey, we have two first round picks now. Oh, let's go spend our second one on that kid out of Texas who basically is a bullet train for a human being. Or Maybe they go and wait around and go get uh, the, my boy, Jameer Gibbs, or they go get one of these. There's like five under-the-radar running backs in this class. I was talking about B. John Robinson, but I was like looking at some tape because I kind of got a little uh, greedy. I'm like, you know, there's like six good backs in this class that like if they're in the right system could just kill it. Not like where I'm like, oh, James Cook looks fun. It's like, no, these guys honestly could be good in about seven or eight good systems. So – I feel like the the Titans would spend a first on um, Bijan, and then they would try to see. But I think honestly, though, I don't know what the hell the Titans are going to do. I don't know because Malik Willis is not the answer. Okay, he looked awful. Not like he needs some work. Awful. He looked awful. Like I watched Dennis Dixon on Monday Night Football against a top flight Ravens defense with a better numbers. I made no, better he's reads. Bad. You know he's bad when the line on him was over under like a hundred and a half passing yards and he had like eighty. Dude, that shit scared me. I'm like, wait, what is this line now? <laughs> I remember seeing that. I was like, that seems too easy to take the over, and I just like let it play didn't out, we, and he had like eighty have, yards passing. Didn't we do a Monday Night Football same game parlay where like we were like, oh, he's got to throw over a hundred and something yards, and then he threw for yeah, he threw for eighty six. I'm like. Yeah, Son that was, I think it was when he played the Chiefs. I think it was a Thursday night, maybe. It yeah, was Thursday. I think they played the Chiefs, but, and they actually came a decent, uh, a decent game. What I will say before we get too off topic, um, you know, we we got to give Malik a little bit. You know, we got to cut him a little bit of slack because there there is the, you know, the the glaring issue of the. Titans wide receiving core being probably bottom five in the league. I mean, it's terrible. And the fact that I don't remember if Henry was healthy for that specific game because he did miss some games last year. But, um, I mean, dude, like that offense is so predictable that, you know, they're they're running the ball at least twice um, on every single, I guess, you know, series. And then – you know, so what? They're going to throw um, with a with a rookie quarterback who's just going to, you know, pretty much getting thrown in the deep end. So, hey, I just want to I just want to come to Malik's uh, defense there <laughs> before before we get um, you know, before it gets too out of control. See, I think he I'm, could be a, a good prospect. I think yeah, but he's going to need to sit behind somebody. I I honestly yeah. think I think AA Ron is going to be uh, in taking snaps in the uh the uh I guess Carolina blue and navy next year. I I think they maybe they go they trade a first round or two first rounders for Rod. They do something incredible. They use one of those first round picks from Henry to go get Rodgers. And they will draft a back in the second round, maybe Robinson, maybe Gibbs, maybe they go get one. Maybe they like they see if they can get Dalvin Cook in free agency. 
Or wait, is he a free agent? He's got one more year left on his deal. I think he's got one more year, but like a, you know, a, a good example would be like uh, Saquon. Yeah. You know, it's sounding like like uh, the tag is not going to get your or from from what I've been seeing, it's that he will not play under the tag. Um, and there's sort of the uncertainty with Daniel Jones. Um, the Daniel Jones not, situation not resigning yet, and that that dude's obviously not going to play on a tag. Like that, yeah. that dude is either getting paid by the Giants or someone else is going to give him a contract. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about Rodgers to Carolina, uh, Jared. I feel like no, no, no. I meant Rodgers to Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like we we were talking about this pre-show, Matt, but. You know, I've we've been saying this for like literally like almost two months now, but it's just every single thing that you hear um, is that all sort of signs point to Rogers to New York. And I feel like now you're at the point where, you know, the, the Jets like have to make a move, right? There's You're playing Josh Allen twice a year. You're playing Belichick twice a year. You know, Mike McDaniel's obviously shown how quickly he can turn around an offense. I feel like it's at this point, you know, whether it's two or someone else at quarterback for Miami, they're still going to be good. You know, they still have Tyreek Hill. They still have Jalen Waddell. Um, their defense is still very good. They're, they're not really losing anyone on either side of the ball. So, like, New York has to – and now that Carr's gone, obviously, um, from the news this morning – you know, they, they have to go like the, drafting a quarterback at this point just isn't an option. You know, they have to go get one of these um, free agent quarterbacks, like because the the roster is just too talented, you know, to, to let time just continue to waste. You know what I mean? Um, we are going to talk about this more, obviously, because next next uh, Wednesday is the first day of the NFL free. I think free agency the tampering period starts, I think, Tuesday morning. So I think. What we should do is on Monday, we should do a where are they going to land big free agent name edition, and we're going to take our guess to see who wins. Um, <clears throat> another big thing that just like a, a couple guys got cut today, like Eric Kendricks, gone. Bobby Wagner, gone. Chosen Anderson, gone. <laughs> Matt's Frank, favorite. Frank Clark is getting Frank released. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was one other decent decently big name i'm trying to think leonard floyd is getting cut i think right right right. i heard about that maybe that's what i'm thinking of that i know they said thielen could be cut if he doesn't restructure his contract and then obviously you know tons of dudes are getting shopped um i heard that alan robinson is getting shopped i mean i don't someone's someone's gonna take a flyer on him but guys the bears are getting him back for just (laughs) I mean, shoot, dude, if, if the Patriots miss out on um, D-Hop and then it's obviously seeming like T. Higgins isn't getting moved at this point, I mean, I, I'd take a flyer on him, to be honest with you. Like, maybe he's, go – He's still only 29. Right, and it's like, what's what's going to be the cost on that, dude? Like, it can't be very high. No, I mean, especially the season that he had. got to be like maybe like a, a fifth rounder, maybe sixth. I mean, if if that, dude. If that because because the other I feel like the team who's going to be trying to acquire him knows that LA is trying to accumulate draft capital because they're yeah. obviously 
you know, in that area, they are completely lacking. Um, and, it, and it doesn't look like the situation over there is getting any better as the as the days pass. So they can definitely use that as leverage to to bargain and bring down that price on on uh, Robinson for sure. Yeah, and I think everybody forgets Robinson before he went to the Rams was was highly regarded as like a wide receiver one was going to get a lot of attention and free agency. Yeah. And it's just this one year does not define him. This one year yeah. did not have a great year. Absolutely they didn't use him. I still, needs, still view him as a crap restart. Back. He needs a career restart harder than anybody. And he's like, only 29. He's fine. And if you think about the quarterbacks that he's that he's been paired with, right? I mean Stafford I think it's safe to say was probably never 100% um, as long as he was playing last year. Mayfield um, is the third string. Is his name Bryce? What is it? Bryce what? You guys know who I'm oh, talking about on the Rams? Wolf, wolf something. I thought he was Wolf something. I ain't fucking know. Maybe, some, yeah, maybe I'm some guy will but, never name who is probably makes more money than I'll ever make in one year. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, like guy, guy does what he does, man. But here's the kicker with Robinson, right? He's going to go to some team and he either, he's going to explode or this is his last contract. Right. Exactly. He's an XFL receiver next year. If he doesn't do well. Or he's an That's analyst on, on prime video. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, which, yeah. which isn't, you know, that. Hey man, that's that's not half bad either, dude. You know, you Maybe get to I've play in the NFL XFL and the XFL and shit. I like I completely forgot about the whole prime video bullshit for about three weeks, and I'm like, oh, this is still a thing. Great, I love it. Yeah, speaking of prime, I was hearing that. Have you guys? I mean, I guess you guys aren't huge college guys, but so I, I've been. You know, the the whole sort of story is the uncertainty with the Pac-12 uh, TV deal. Have you guys been hearing about that? Yeah, um, kind of. And, and so I guess Prime is now trying to, you know, grab that before, uh, you know, Colorado, Utah, ASU, U of A, and then maybe even I, I think yeah, that's a that's a whole different ball of wax. But I, I think the Pac-12 is is done. I think they're just going to get dissolved. It's such a weird conference, man. And also, anybody else think like this whole Prime to Colorado thing is going to just burn for the first two years? I think it's hard to say, to, you know, to get afloat. I think I also like think years. here's the thing about Prime: the way he kind of went in, the way he's kind of the way. He's, I, listen, I love Dion, man. Dion's Dion's a personality. When it was at Jackson State, it was cool because it was like, all right, he's bringing a lot of attention to HBCUs. This is great. Then he goes to Colorado. And he starts like kind of doing things his way, and it's like okay, cool. So, and and am I a little bitter because he jacked one of our corners, who was the number five recruit in the country? Yeah, but then I said on, uh, I said on, I think it was Billy Fafty. I'm like, yep, congratulations, going five, four and nine for your first two years in college. I I just think I think the reason why. Boulder fans are so excited and just like people in college football have an eye on that situation is because of how good he is in recruiting. Um, I think a lot of people would say that, you know, Lincoln Riley is probably like one of the best recruiters in college football. 
And then I think they would say Deion Sanders is probably like second. Um, and, and you already know that it doesn't even, I, I think it's irrelevant, like how well they'll do next season, because you know, he's going to get dudes to come and transfer. Um, especially if, you know, I guess this is kind of a hypothetical because who knows if the PAC 12 is around, um, after the 2024 season. So going into 2025 after USC and UCLA leave, but he's going to get dudes to transfer in. Um, he's going to get his guys. And at that point, they're one of the bigger, you know, programs in the PAC 12, if it's still around or they're coming to, uh, the big, the big 12, um, where, you know, they probably at that point have as good of a chance as anyone to win the conference, because I mean, who are they going to be competing with TCU and like, you know, K-State, like, you know what I mean? Oh, fair. No, I mean, so, like, so who's got more, you know, to think about it more, like who, who's got more pull, um, you know, you come, you come play for one of the best defensive backs of all time, or do you want to go play in Stillwater, Oklahoma? You know, you know what I mean? And I bet they're probably, you know, giving these kids some pretty sweet NIL deals as well, you know, some incentive on top of everything. Right. I mean, listen, I, I, I got no issue with Prime here. I really don't. It's, I just, it went great at Jackson. Let's see it go great. Okay. Like, I want to, like, sure. if yeah. there, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in this situation. And we all know football is the most karma driven sport of all time. I'm not saying he's kicking up some bad luggage, but he definitely burnt some bridges when he came on his way in. We'll see what happens. I mean, listen. Prime being good is good for college football. I'm not going to act like it's not. So For sure, yeah. It, it's good for West Coast football. You know what I mean? It's good for making West Coast football viable out here. Right. All right. Uh, a couple more NFL headlines. Geno Smith is back and staying in Seattle. The man just got a three-year deal. You, hey, listen, you can't be high, more than happy. I love fucking that Geno's good. Geno being in Seattle makes me actually very happy. I think this is good for him. I think this is a great deal for the Seahawks as well. One, hey, listen, if he still plays like an MVP caliber quarterback next year, great. You get him for three more years and you got to renegotiate down the line. You got to renegotiate down the line. If he is average at best, oh, look, you cut him after a year or two. And by then, Pete's, Pete's old ass might actually retire or at least go back into the crypt for a couple years to recharge. Um, But I, I think that at least with Gino in Seattle, it makes them a viable playoff contender going into next year with DK, with Lockett for one more year, with K9, with all these dudes. I think Seattle's biggest point in the draft is keep building that defense and get some O-line help. Maybe go get a tight end like my dog, Will Mallory, who blew up the goddamn combine at tight end this year. And nobody's talking about it because the kid from Georgia had like the, he's like a physical freak. But I look at all the stats, I'm like, oh, my dude from Miami is like top five in every stat. You know, to to add on to that point, you know, we don't know the situation at quarterback in San Fran. The Rams probably aren't going to be, you know, that much better than they were this year. Yeah. Um, and Arizona is like a freaking dumpster <clears throat> fire. 
Yeah. You know, does who knows when Kyler Murray's back and they're losing their best receiver. So they're basically in the same situation as Baltimore was um, a couple years ago with like Hollywood Brown being their best receiver with a guy who, who it's just, you know, I love Kyler to death, but a lot, a lot of question marks. So, so Gino being your quarterback for at least, you know, a few more years, you know, buys you some time, right? Oh, and yeah, definitely, definitely makes you, you know, not one of the favorites, but one of the contenders in the NFC for sure. What my biggest thing is with Geno is just he gives you a chance to score. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing is if they can help more get get Charles Cross some help on the O line, go get a go get a finally get a damn pass rusher. I swear it's like they're allergic to drafting drafting since Bennett left, but. You've got a star know. corner, you know, Woolen yeah. is a star. Honestly, the they have three, they have three good corners. Right. I'm like, everyone forgets they go, like, oh, Woolen, Woolen got all the attention, but they also have um Kobe Bryant and Mike Jackson, who are both solid corners. I was looking at him like, that's a really good lineup. And I'm like, and they're all like fourth and fifth round draft picks. What does Pete right. do? What secret sauce does he pour on these guys? And, and they and and they have draft capital. You know, how often is it that you, I guess, lose in the first round of the playoffs and you have a top five pick? How often does that happen? Very, very, very rarely um, in the NFL. So going forward, you know, I personally want them to take Richardson at five. um, And we can talk about that a little bit later. But that's like my bold prediction for for the draft in in a month or so is that They'll take him at five. He'll sit for a year or two, and then they'll really kind of take off from there. My bold prediction for them is they take Hinton Hooker in the fourth round, and they'll let him sit and let that ACL heal. And if he ends up being good, they either let Gino walk or they cut Gino or they trade him for draft bait like certain teams have done with elite prospect backups. So like the Packers and Patriots back in the day. <clears throat> so I think they're they're more likely to do something like that because I think the first round they're going to go get that that tackle out of Ohio State. I think they want two towers on each side of that old line to just hand the ball off the K nine and let them roll. Um, and uh, Gino in there, you know, hang in there yeah, and and sling just it around, sling too. the rock. Uh, two running backs. We talked about this already. Both got uh cut. I got cut. Tagged. Uh, we talked about the tag obviously before. Uh, Mace brought it up about um Saquon Barkley. Not playing under the tag. Well, Josh Jacobs and uh, Tony Pollard don't have that. Don't have that luxury. Both were slapped on the tag this morning. Um, I just laugh at the the Tony Pollard knew this was going to happen, and the and the Cowboys were going to find a way to fuck this up. Uh, shout out to our boy Maserati. I ran uh, the guy who does the uh, song for us. I ran to the gym before I left, and he goes, "You see, Pollard got tagged." And I'm like, "Dude, I knew they were going to either give him a long term contract and tag Schultz." and just be fucked on cap, or they're going to tag Pollard, let Schultz walk, and be screwed in the passing game. So, hysterically enough, it was option. It was door number two. Um, but the the Jacobs thing cracks me up, man, because they told they basically told the guy, well, yeah, we're not giving you a fifth-year player option, and then just has a career year, fuck, we got to tag him, pay him $8 million more a year. It's just like I'm laughing my ass off at the in the, the, the Raiders being the Raiders here. I, I don't know. I, I I feel like in my mind that it's friendly for both parties. Um, 
from the Raiders perspective, obviously Jacobs has, you know, last year was a career year. Right. Um, And so there's a lot of uncertainty around that because who knows if he's going to be able to keep that up. Um, He could come out uh, next season and and completely ghost. Right. And be a shell of what he was last season. And then um, you're in a good spot because you don't have to pay him. Uh, You don't have to pay him anything. Right. You can, you can, let him walk in free agency and move on. Or, you know, if, if he repeats and has a very dominant season and does really well, now you're looking at your running back of the future, right? That's, that's a cornerstone going forward and some, you know, a part of your offense that you can really rely on. And then from Jacob's side, um, it gives you time to prove that you're actually like a solidified, reliable running back in this league. And if he does it, I guess again next season or, or has something similar. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to say that he might just completely reset the running back market and make some absurd money. Like, um, so I, I don't know. It is funny because the Raiders have just screwed this sort of deal up so many times before. Um, so it would kind of like you're saying, Jared, it would be just like the Raiders to just blow this right. Like, and, yeah. and be stupid. But I kind of like it. I kind of like the move. Maddie, what do you think before we move into combine talk? <laughs> um, with the uh, either I, mean, I, like, I, I like the fact that they tag Jacobs and everything. Um, I think it's it's tough because if I'm if I'm them, I'm looking at Jacobs. I'm like, all right, this is you had a career year. It was in your contract year. You've been up and down with health to stay on the field. I can understand them not wanting to give him a four or five year large contract. So you franchise tag him, you pay him a lot of money year one, but if you can get similar production from him, you can just extend him again next year, hopefully. So I, I don't, I don't mind the franchise tag. I just it's hate just the franchise tag play. when I can't you know sign these I mean? people. Yeah. For, for the, for the Cowboys, I think I would have tagged. Well, no, you tagged Schultz last year. So I guess this makes sense. Tagging Pollard. I would shift my attention towards re-signing. Dalton Schultz. I think he's an underrated tight end. Um, if I'm if I'm Dallas, man, I mean, I, it's not the end of the world to let Tony Pollard walk. They could go draft the guy in the third round again and just reset the clock and have four more years of this young running back. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like Tony Pollard is a big, it's, it is, it's, he's a he's a big component to that offense. He's much he's a much better running back right now than Zeke is. So I can understand them wanting to tag him. Plus, he's getting ten million. He's not getting a lot of money. It's, you know, he's getting ten million dollars I think on the tag. So. I don't see really any issue with it, but um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like this is a backup running back we're talking about. I don't think Tony Pollard, you put him on another team, is going to be the immediate RB1, but he's definitely a better option than Zeke for the Cowboys. I think it's just before you go, Garrett, or sorry, Garrett, Jared, um, I just feel like it was like pick your poison with this. like you kind of said, Matt Pollard at the end of the day is a, is a, is a backup running back. Um, it was a split backfield pretty much all year. And then when Elliot started missing a couple games, that's when Pollard kind of took off. Um, and Schultz was kind of the same way. I mean, for the first, probably 75% of the season was really not great. Um, and, and then towards uh, Thanksgiving, December, when they were kind of making that push uh, for the playoffs, that's kind of when he really came into his own 
and you know w- was very vital to their their run towards the end of the season where they eventually put a put a lot of pressure on Philly to win that last game of the year while Hertz was hurt. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, do you guys feel like there's like a huge market for Dalton Schultz? Like, I, I don't really feel like it. I mean, no, I, it's weird because it's a loaded tight end class. If it yeah. was, I'd say he's going to get a ton of money. But like, what I think like teams like Philadelphia proved, you you have a future Hall of Famer in Zach Ertz, but it's like he's not worth paying the money when you can go get right. a guy in the draft for equal talent. They grabbed what? Goddard at the end of the second round. There's I, I was doing tight end search. Our tight end episode, which is in three weeks, is going to be ridiculous because there's like seven guys I want to talk about. So, and usually with tight ends, it's kind of fucking boring, but it's like, no, there's actually a lot of good ones this year. So I think that's why it's going to affect the market because like if he's going to command too much money, there's going to be something that overpays for him. So, which is I don't so know. weird because Jared, you're exactly right. Um, like I, I, I feel like tight ends haven't become a big part of the this sort of like classic NFL offense that we've become accustomed to until what four, five seasons ago. You know what I mean? Like the tight end was not like a super important position, and now we're seeing you know mm-hmm. Gronk was kind of the the first guy who was you know really, really like dangerous as a tight end, and and yeah, I mean like. There's like three good tight ends, right? Kittle, Andrews, Kelsey. And I mean, who else is just like as dominant as those three? Really like no one. You know, they want there was was a stretch. There was a stretch where like I mean, where like, you know, you could put Ertz in that conversation, Darren Waller, same thing, where these guys were just absolutely by the way, shout out to Darren Waller for bagging the most attractive WNBA player right now, Kelsey Plum. (laughs) That's my girl right there. Any woman who could hit a cigar like that, that's that that's a lady. Yeah, I mean, if if Dalton Schultz walked last year, um, he would have had a, a massive market. I mean, I'm I'm not right. to be biased, but I, it was I look a in the chat weak and, ass. Like CJ oh, yeah. Uzama got to like 21 million for the fucking yeah. Jets. Right. Well, you look, you look um, at the Jets and they signed two tight ends last year, so 100 yeah. percent they would have signed Dalton Schultz if he walked. But last year would have been a big big market. This year he would have been number one tight in the market. Yeah, he, he would have definitely got paid. Evan Ingram. He definitely would have got paid this year, uh, but like you said, the draft being so deep, it wouldn't have been a hike. He he would have been one of those like free agents that signs maybe like later on in free agency kind of thing. Oh, by the way, shout out to Big Ev getting getting the tag. I mean, listen, he's gonna earn it. Um, I, I definitely think that going forward, uh, it's gonna be weird because I think this class is gonna kind of. I think honestly, Schultz. I Schultz got screwed. He gambled on himself. He had a great season. But the problem is, is that he's gonna get like I think like a team like the Raiders. If not, actually, the Raiders will keep Waller probably. Um, I'll be honest. I would cut Uzama right now, and I'd sign Schultz. I I know you would, but the problem is, is I think, I think his dead cap hits like eight or nine million dollars. Yeah, you guys are already right. trying to have to pay Rodgers a thousand billion dollars. We it would probably make more sense for us to cut Conklin money wise, but I think Conklin was just much better than Uzama. But um, there's a listen. I could I could name you like twenty teams right now. Like everybody in the AFC East, everybody in the NFC South. You know, you have um, get the Rams could use them. You got. Seahawks, Denver, the Texans, the Colts, Texans, Chargers, um, every any all those teams. Like we're talking like half, probably like seventy five percent of the league could use a tight end right now. 
So Dalton Schultz will definitely have a market. It's just a matter of, is he going to get the money he would have gotten maybe a year or so ago? Probably not. Um, but listen, I'm tight end. It's, is kind funny of to, it's funny to think about like how this affects Dallas though, because now like what's your reality is, is um, it's still going to be the same running back backfield. Who knows? It, it feels like every single year Zeke has gotten worse. So we can go ahead and say that he's probably going to look crummier than he did this year, next year. Um, who knows how Pollard does is like the the sort of RB1. And I guess CD was was good, you know, solid as the, the main passing threat option. But I, I still, in my mind, just kind of think of him as like a, a – as a WR2. I don't know how you guys feel about that. But I just don't think he's good enough, you know – He's not the same as a Justin Jefferson, as a yeah. Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, some of these receivers that can just sort of take over the game mm-hmm. um, and, like, explode, right? Like, have mm-hmm. a monster game where, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs, right? Like, the, I just don't really put him in that same category as uh, those those other guys. And so now they're faced with the, you know, uncertainty of having to go either draft someone um, hit on a, a wide receiver or something or a tight end, or you've got to now trade or, you know, try to sign a free agent receiver tight end. So it's like, I feel like it's, it, it's just a weird move. It's a very weird move. Um, why, why didn't they just re-sign Schultz and go draft like Bijan <clears throat> or, or Jameer? <clears throat> like, why, why wasn't that the or- Cut Zeke because I think Zeke's dead cap's only five million dollars this year because on the back end it's like the end. Of, I mean, and he sucks. He's terrible. Or even right? even take as Zeke to restructure Zeke on the Cowboys. The only I think Zeke would be a player like would surprisingly take a restructure because he knows Dallas is his home. He is a Cowboy. I think and, if and he, Jerry loves him. Like Jerry, and Jerry Jerry's G- been very open. He probably about lives in Jerry's fact. damn house. I, yeah. I mean, like I just you know I if this is the Cowboys Cowboy. And somehow it'll work for the first 12 weeks of the season. And then around week 11 or 12, you are going to have like either Philly or New York or Washington. If they get Lamar, just molly whop them into submission on Thanksgiving. And that's it. So I, I don't, it's, 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 it's wild to me. I, the Cowboys being the Cowboys as usual, but gentlemen, making horrible, just like either free agent acquisitions or like, Front office personnel. You're that choices. one friend you root so hard for to get their shit together, and every year they find a new way to fuck themselves over. <clears throat> gotta be being a Cowboys fan, man. It's it's gotta be just. Well, drink. you live in the land like, of make believe, Mason. It can't be that bad. What what's yeah, that? I, mean, what's I, that I know plenty of a man, and and it just they they never ever you know they are always surprising me with new ways of just like you know, living in this fantasy world of, you know, don't, don't doubt us. Like, you know, we, we can make some magic happen. We them boys. Right. It's a hilarious cycle. I'm just laughing my ass off and it's just, it's just so funny, but not as funny is the insane performance that some players named, um, DJ Turner, Anthony Richardson, the tight end, I think it's Brennan. Is that the tight end from uh from uh Georgia? 
just insane weekends. Okay. Nolan Smith. I mean, Nolan all Smith, the Georgia guys just, just literally. Like, I think Kirby just creates them in a fucking lab. I don't think they're actually yeah. recruited. <laughs> like Jordan Davis shouldn't run a four seven. My fastest forty of my life was a four eight flat, and I, I think David. I'm the size of an NFL fullback. Freaking Jordan Davis is the size of a mountain. He just outran me by almost a full second. And I'm just like, and I ran that for eight in college in the best shape of my life. Now I'm like, what the shit, man? Mm-hmm. That's just scary. But listen, we'll talk about a rich quick before we get into some others. Let's talk about the winners. So we named a couple, obviously a rich, just absolutely just slaying it here. I actually have, when we talk draft, we're going to talk draft picks in about five, 10, 15 minutes. I can't wait to talk about, I know my, I know exactly where I want him to go. And I think it's going to be great. And it's not because of a little biases I have to whose team he's going to. I just think it's going to be an awesome fit. Um, I also have a great fit for CJ Stroud too. I think it is a match made in hell for a, a, a division that, honestly has been watching the team who is who he would go to have a mediocre quarterback for the last like decade. So that being said, let's, let's get into a couple quick winners, losers, of the draft of the combine. I'll start off with well, well, Anthony Richardson guys. We'll talk about him at length during, during his, during the pit traffic. So I'll say this dude had the best combine performance for a quarterback. I've seen in a long time. Just absolutely ridiculous. That man's not human. Um, no, he, he solidified that he's going to be, uh, probably a top 10 pick. Oh yeah, no. And I, I can tell you it's going to be closer to the top four. I, I have a theory on where he's going, especially if this Jalen Carter arrest goes happens, or even if it gets a little saltier, I know a team from the Midwest who really wants, especially with their OC. I know exactly where this dude's going. Cause this is such a move by their owner. Um, And honestly, if they, with who they just got as a head coach, I think it works. Um, I'm almost giving away too much at this point. Um, I love watching Nolan Smith work. Uh, I got to give a shout out to my boy from the U, Will Mallory, and Tariq Stevenson. Both put up good, uh, good numbers. But Will Mallory finished top five in bench, top number one in forty, um, top five in vertical. And I'm like, oh, he's a seventh round draft pick. God, this tight end class is fucking loaded. Um, Bijan and Jameer Gibbs both killing it. Um, best two running backs in the class. I mean, there's going to be other ones too. Um, receivers, there was really nobody who was like underwhelming at receiver. Like, I thought Jalen Hyatt was going to run more, but he's like an open field sprinter. So, like, I don't really care about a 40 time. I watched him blow past two like future first round pick corners multiple times. I think he's, by the way, this whole like Jackson Smith and Jigma is the best receiver in this class is a farce. I, I I'm a big Jalen Hyatt guy. I think this man is going to be the next JJ, at least where he's like falls to the end of the round, but he's the best quarterback receiver in the class. Or like an AJ Brown type where he's like not like the third or fourth receiver off the board. That's my thing though. It's like so I like in Jigma, but the problem is I the fact that he didn't run in the 40 told me everything. It's not like where it's like Cooper Cup where the dude's a freaking surgeon. Okay? Like, even in college, you could see Cooper Cup just dominating people. It was Eastern Washington, yes, but still, like, Smith and Jigma also just... There's a couple things that bother me, okay? It bothers me that he sat out the entire season and there's a lot of speculation about it. 
usually when there's a bad injury like that, it's not really speculation. The, that word isn't even thrown around. And oh, and it's not even like they had a bad team. Like if Anthony Richardson sat out the early, not Anthony Richardson. Like when Jamar Chase sat out the season because he couldn't go to the season after they won, um, sat out twenty twenty. I understood that. That was the literally the dumbest. No, no, sorry. That was the smartest thing Jamar Chase could do because that LSU team in 2020 was abysmal. Okay, so that makes sense. Like, this does not at all because you have a top five, top ten quarterback in C.J. Stroud. You have Marvin Harrison Jr. who's going to take 80% of the double coverage off you. Oh, and on top of that, Ohio State was one missed field goal away from going to the national championship game. And, like, there's one thing scouts love is players who make big plays in big games, a la Devontae Smith, who went from being a back end of the first first round pick to being top 10 because of his postseason. Like, guy, people people like to see that. It's the same reason guys throw out the combine. A lot of these guys want to see you compete. I just think – I think – I. I have a weird feeling Smith and Jigma is not as fast as we think. He put up that one giant game. And I just wanted to see more of a sample size. Like, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a clowning effect. Like, he's got the raw talent, but, like, let me see him do it consistently. Now, Jordan Addison, dude's scooting. And I saw him put up good numbers wherever he went. God, the guy had, I think, he had, like, Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. All right? Like, that's a, it's just I why I let Jalen Hyatt as the best receiver, and I'm sorry I went on a tangent here, is that every I was watching all of his Hinden Hooker highlights today and on Sunday, and I watched some tape, and I just watched him, even on routes where he wasn't throwing the ball, just blow past corners. Whether it was hand fighting, separation, burst off lines, like everything you want a receiver to have, this dude did it, and he did it quickly and effectively. And I was like, oh. This guy's a hidden gem. This is interesting now. It's it's just, for me, it's like the the wow was right there on tape. I didn't have to get told it was there. I'm like, oh, I see him. I didn't even need to look. I'm like, oh, who's that guy running Mach 1 past two corners? Oh, it's 11. Okay, he's gone. Like, just, just book it. Game. Like, I think he caught a slant route on like a 40 and housed it for 60 yards. I'm like, that's like some OBJ shit. That's like some OBJ DK Metcalf, like Tyreek Hill, where he just like oh, catch gone, boom, gun. So I, I, I'm, I'm a big Hyatt guy, and I'm sorry, if I he, I think had a good enough combine where I didn't have to doubt his speed. What, who did you guys like at the combine? As I ranted for the last ten minutes and taking up our time, I liked. I mean, we're talking about quarterbacks. We're talking about anybody. Anybody, quarterbacks are in five minutes. Uh, um. I have to pick one person out. I I I do like Gibbs. It's just I like the guys that don't get talked about too too much. But you know everybody's fixated on Bijan Robinson and everything like that. But I think Gibbs came out and just really showed like, hey, like no, like I am one of the best that are coming out right now. Talk about me more, kind of thing. Um, I think he really put himself on the map to to increase his draft stock. So Gibbs is one particular person that I thought I was just very impressed by with the combine. Mace, what are you thinking? Yeah, so I'll I'll just speak about the two uh, tackles that OU um, sent to Indy over the weekend, uh, Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris. They they really had a lot to prove. Um, Wanya Morris was a transfer in from Tennessee. 
I believe, two seasons ago. And then Anton Harrison uh, was was always at uh, Oklahoma. He's 21. Uh, he's played one year at left tackle, one season. So, you know, a lot of people were kind of uncertain with, you know, him being a little bit young, uh, only having experience playing at left tackle for a season. But both of them did really well. Uh, great 40s. Um, and, and Wanya Morris was also dealing with like a hamstring injury that kind of bothered him throughout the season. So I think both of those guys definitely raised their stock, um, with, with the agility drills, speed drills, um, you know, the measurements obviously, and I'm sure they'll work out at the pro day here in Norman, um, next month. But I think both of those guys had a lot to prove and absolutely, exceeded expectations of you know what gms were kind of skeptical about coming into um the combine this weekend fair um i i'm off matt with this i've been on a jameer gibbs fan since i watched him step on the field and blow past like i think i can't remember who they i remember him at um at georgia tech a little bit like he he played a little bit but not like a crazy amount but when he went to Alabama, I'm like, I watched this dude just absolutely rocket pie. A guy who had a perfect angle on him. It was like watching Adrian Peterson. I was like, like speed-wise, I was like, oh, oh, this dude can move. And it just, it looked effortless. Like he just decided, I'm just going to run a little harder. And I'm like, oh my God, he's actually just flying by him. Um, I was concerned about B. John's 40 time. But dude does not disappoint. Uh, I love his ball carrier vision, by the way. I think he's just special when it comes to him. Just stop, start his patience. I think that's underrated as hell. It's very Le'Veon Bellish, but unlike Le'Veon, the Duke hit the gas when he gets in the open field. So, um, obviously we could talk about all the guys who ran ridiculous forties. Obviously the kid from West Virginia, uh, DJ Turner, uh, out of Maryland, um, I think out of, Michigan. Then you have the kid out of uh, Maryland who ran a ridiculous time too. Um, Christian Gonzalez cleaned up. Dude's a freak. It was, you know, I it definitely dominated by the tight ends, corners, and quarterbacks. Dominated the kind of the headlines, running backs, receivers, linemen, D linemen. Besides Nolan Smith, didn't really do much to like wow us, which is kind of interesting. Um, I thought um, Will. Uh, Will Anderson would run a little better, but I didn't really care, honestly, because he's a freak. Um, uh, I wish the, the kid from Texas Tech, I wish ran a little better too, but what are you going to do? But, yeah, no, honestly, it was a solid combine. I don't think anybody really hurt their stock. I saw a couple of receivers in the back end that were just like, ooh. Oh, by the way, boys, there was a white corner who ran a 4-4. Let's go! <laughs> The kid from Ohio State. We got Jason Seahorn 2.0 coming out. Oh we God. got a, a 4.65 40 from Stetson Bennett. Is he going to go oh, higher was, in the fifth round? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Max Duggan runs like a 4.5 flat. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, what a guy. Does it all. Max Duggan, I think, ran the same or maybe 0.2 seconds faster than Hurts did. I was like, like all right, Max. Dude, I is it bad? I don't want even Max to go to the NFL. I want Max Duggan to go to the XFL tomorrow. Like, just say screw the draft process. Go send him to like the the uh, the Guardians. So he needs a quarterback, and just have him just wreak havoc on re- read options and shit. 
I'm excited to see that guy play. Uh, I don't know who's going to draft him, obviously, but I'm excited to see him in the league. I'm, I'm hoping he gets a chance. Um, yeah. But and he's going to be he's going to be an exciting guy to see. I still think my favorite moment of the whole combine was um, Malik Cunningham going, wait, I got drafted to the USFL. <laughs> <laughs> How bad do you have to look as a league where you like you drafted a player who's not even going to come to the, your league? Not even gonna like remotely consider it either. Not even, yeah, I know. Can we, I will say this take before we go to drafts, and then we'll just do our kind of final notes. Um, I think the XFL through four weeks, we talked about this, has been great. Still haven't picked yeah. the team yet. I like the Vegas Vipers because I like their new core. I like the Renegades too. I like Vegas. I like Brent Huntley, and I like Mar- Martavius Bryant. Uh, Guardians have my boy Charleston Rambo. Um. Th- and big Charles Harris. There's like a couple guys, like there's guys I root for. So I think I'm down to three teams. I think I'm down to Vegas, Arlington, and I'll throw in Houston. Nah, I don't like Houston. Houston I'm, I'm leaning towards DC defenders. Yeah. They got my boy D De'Ara King playing ball. Dude, and Jordan the, the, the beer snake is amazing. Yeah. I'm kind of liking it too. I just, it's anything from D- DC. It's just hard for me to root for politically or sports wise. Um, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Maybe by the all-star game. I don't even know if they're doing an all-star game. Maybe by the mid-season point, I'll have a team. I don't know. Like, I, I was so big on the Battlehawks because I love Jordan Tayamo. I loved his story. And then now they have – I like A.J. McCarron, and it's always great seeing Catherine Webb in the stands go full Brett Musburger about it. But it's like – I don't know. I can't really pick a team yet. It's weird. I do enjoy the fact that they're spreading the games out. There's the Thursday game one week. There's a Saturday the next. There's a couple Sundays. Like, this is awesome. Like I had, so like on Sunday I watched, uh, on Saturday I wa- I played, I did some stuff. I played some Xbox around six thirty through Duke UNC on that ended through the XFL game. I was a great game by the way. Then through the UFC prelims, I literally had nothing on from but sports from six thirty to twelve forty. When when did Jones not come out? Twelve fifty two a.m. So yeah, it was great. I, I enjoyed it, but I think the XFL's got a great product, and the USFL better bring their A game. Because what they put out last year was weak sauce, and the XFL just stacked the deck even higher. Mm-hmm. But all right, boys, you ready to talk some quarterback rankings? Now, folks, the game is simple. We are going to rank our top five quarterbacks, and this is a version of the twenty-five second game. Except you get you get a minute. Everyone gets a minute to say why they like this quarterback and where they see him going. So, so you said, sorry, one sec. So top five, because I feel like there's four major guys. Well, I'm going to put a sleeper in there because I'm so, okay. I want, I, 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 I kind of, kind of leaked where I wanted this guy to go. Cause I think he's going to be great there, but um, we're going to put the rock. Everyone's favorite music on in the background. And we're going to get rock and roll. And so my top five quarterbacks. Number five, hopefully he gets drafted in the fourth round to a team like the Seattle Seahawks. That is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who took out Alabama, Hinden Hooker. Why I love Hinden Hooker, he is a more polished Dak Prescott to me. That is who I see. A more polished, better at distributing the ball, keeping it in front of him, keeping the game in his pace. He is one of those, he's like a pitcher who controls the game. Everything's in his hands. He can make the big throws. He can extend plays. 
The ACL thing is scary. He's a year older. It's not great. But Joe Burrow is a year older. It didn't matter. I think him sitting behind a guy like Geno or him maybe going to a, um, a team with a shaky quarterback situation, maybe Miami and Tua, or uh, I, come on, him throwing a ball at Tyreek. Because, uh, listen, if he gets drafted by Miami, he's going to be playing by week seven. Let's be honest. Um, or maybe throw him in to New York to back up Danny Dimes and maybe this thing doesn't work out with Danny or Washington behind Sam Howell. There's a lot of situations who could have him kind of sit back and be that like sleeper guy to come up and be ready for the season. I love Hinton Hooker. I think he's a more polished righty Dak Prescott and I think that is why I think he's going to be a great sleeper. Where My sleeper last year was Carson Strong and I completely forgot he has no accuracy under 30 yards. So Hey, he did good, though, during throwing the combine drills. All right, number four is Mr. Mustard or Mayonnaise in the freaking coffee, Will Levis. Now, this man is basically Indianapolis. His peak is Indianapolis Colts Carson Wentz. I think this guy is crap. I I mean, no, I, that's, that's, that's rough on the kid. I don't think he's crap. I just think he's average, okay? I think he's got a cannon arm. I think he's packed, his, his floor is Paxton Lynch. His ceiling is Indianapolis Carson Wentz. Where he could be like sure a serve. Uh, you sure you're not describing Zach Wilson right now? No, because unlike Zach Wilson, exactly, Matt. Exactly. This man actually has a physical body in played in the SEC and not with a bunch of six foot eight white boys in the Mountain West. <laughs> like at least Will Levis could throw balls to certain spots. Where Zach Wilson's entire highlight tape was him throwing jump balls or wide open receivers. So. I think he'll be okay. I think he's going to be a career backup. I think some team's going to waste a first-round pick on him. And that's some team. I, I was doing my mock, my first mock draft last night, and I was chuckling a little bit. I was like, dude, if this fucking happens, this team should just roll over and die. Um, I thought originally the Raiders, because it seems like a Raider pick, but then I forgot Josh McDaniels runs the show there now. So as I just lost the draft order and I'm really pissed. I hate e- I hate the ESPN app. It's the freaking worst. Um, I have him going... I have him going to Carolina at nine. I think they're going to swing and miss on every quarterback in this free agency, and they're going to panic and take him when they realize they can't trade up to go get the three quarterbacks or better. Um, now, can Frank Reich do something for this guy? Oh, totally. This dude made Carson Wentz look serviceable. So, post Jadavion Clowney breaking his melon. So, um, I think Levis could be a decent starter. I think with a good team around him, he could be a playoff quarterback. That's his ceiling. But he's not an all-pro. He's not a pro bowler. He may get one of those, like, how the hell did this guy get pro bowl votes again kind of thing. But I think Levis has got a great arm. But his lack of accuracy, his decision-making problems, and it's just – also, come on. Man, he's in the fucking coffee, man. I've – like grass-fed butter, I could do. I've I've heard people who put like just straight chocolate syrup in their coffee, like. But like, come on, man, this is bullshit. All right, number three, going to the Las Vegas Raiders. He is not my number. Actually, no, I'm sorry, no, no my number three is probably going number because they're going to trade out number two to the Houston Texans. Give me the first quarterback off the board, second quarterback off the board, actually. Number two to the Houston Texans. I have Bryce Young. I like Bryce Young. I think Bryce Young is a great quarterback. I see him as a less screwy, a little more throw, a little less improvised Russell Wilson. And it's not because of the height. 
it's because of their style of play. The way they can just kind of run around, last second flick the ball, and it's accurately put on the spot. They can they look to throw first. The accuracy's there. The leadership's there. Every time I watch Bryce Young play, he makes a magician-level throw. And it's not like a throw where I'm like, that won't get complete in the NFL. It's like, oh, okay. I can see him making that throw in the pros. His size scares me. That's why he's... I also, I just, I don't trust the arm strength. The fact he didn't throw at the combine, uh, even though everyone else did, it was kind of like, eh. But I, I, I like Bryce Young a lot. I think Houston's a good spot for him, especially if they keep using all the draft capital they have. Um, number two is the first quarterback coming off my board. He is going to be involved in a trade between the Bears and the Indianapolis Colts. That is Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson's going to get the hype train going to go. The Colts are going to see that maybe Houston wants him. They're going to panic, and they're going to trade up to go get him at one. Because the Bears are going to hear, okay, either that or they're going to get him at three or two. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They're going to get him at their spot. The only way he falls, he's going to go to the Colts. And I think is with Shane Steichen's ability to work with mobile quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, which we saw last year, and listen, it's not going to be like Jalen. Jalen came in semi-polished because of Lincoln Riley. That Florida Gators team basically might have been a must, basically should have just been a, a tank of reptiles. That team was terrible. But Richardson was a, a bright spot, and you know what? With Steichen kind of working with this guy and the ability that the Colts have a great O line, they have a great running back, a decent defense, and big receivers. They can honestly make this work. So I think. Richardson is going to struggle. The Colts are going to be no better than, you know what he's going to be? He's going to be rookie year Vince Young this year in the Colts, for the Colts. But you know what? They're still going to go like 8-9 and be sniffing a wild card spot to the end and be fun as hell. So there is number one, T.J. Stroud to the Raiders. I love this. This is a match made in hell for a lot of secondaries because Stroud is my favorite quarterback in this class. Arm strength, leadership, ability to extend plays, but does not rely on his feet. The ball placement is perfection with his arm strength. Usually, guys who have a cannon don't rely on their don't don't use the pinpoint accuracy. He's putting balls in tight windows. He's making the correct reads. He's distributing the rock. He had a top five receiver in the in the damn game last year, Marvin Harrison Jr. and still spread the rock around. He made the right decisions. He he took Georgia the, to the distance. If it wasn't for the quarter, their Ohio State's quarter uh, kicker basically playing for the other team. And honestly, one thing I love about Stroud is he could take on a complex system that is going to rely on making every throw in the book like Josh McDaniels could. Listen, if they could have a crazy redneck like Jared Stidham do this system, they can have C.J. Stroud do it. I honestly think that Stroud to the Raiders is perfect because he under... McDaniel's tutelage with with Darren Waller, with Devontae Adams, with Josh Jacobs for one more year, and Hunter Renfro. It's a perfect system to just let the dude work. And this, because I know they're not they're not going to get everyone's like, oh, the Raiders, Raiders, Rodgers, maybe. No, no, no. They're going to draft the quarterback. I don't think McDaniel's wants to work with this. I think he wants a guy he can get his hands on and work with. So that is my top five quarterbacks. I went long. I'm sorry. I got excited. It's been a long time. I've been sitting in these takes for two weeks. Um, Mason, who are your top five quarterbacks? If you only want to do four, it's fine. I'm not gonna. T- I don't care. 
I nah, so I, I got a fifth. I got a fifth. Okay. Uh, so so fifth. Uh, this is just kind of for fun. Uh, one of my really good friends uh, from from here at OU went to high school with this guy, uh, Clayton Toon. He's the quarterback from uh, Houston. Ooh. Don't really know if he is going to really have a career in the NFL. Maybe a backup, maybe a practice squad or third string guy. But I, I'm willing to bet that someone probably, you know, spins a fifth or sixth rounder on him uh, just to kind of take a flyer. Because I, I want to say he was top three in passing yards last year, all FBS. Um, so, so the guy can definitely throw the ball. And, and at Houston, we're, we're talking about limited weapons. So maybe someone takes a flyer on him simply because... You know, at the NFL level, you're going to have better talent around you than what he was working with at U of H. And he he obviously made it work there. So um, moving into the top four, I've got Levis at four. You know, th- this guy's combine was really nothing special to me. I think everyone kind of knew that this dude uh, has a cannon for an arm. Um, big guy, big frame you know, semi-mobile, um, but I don't, I don't see anyone moving into the top five or top four to, to, um, spend that kind of draft capital on him. I have him going to the Panthers at nine because I have the other three, uh, premier sort of prospects going before nine. So I've got Levis at four in my rankings going to Carolina at nine. Um, next I've got Bryce Young at three. I haven't been on this this I have not been high on this guy all season. I don't care what he weighed in at. I don't care what he measured in at. I think it was six foot and like two hundred. Six foot flat, two hundred pounds. Uh, I, I think that's a lie. Um, there's no chance this dude has forty pounds on me. I, I don't believe that. Um so I, I think this guy is going to be the bust of the draft. Um, I think he's wildly undersized. I think he's going to want to run in the NFL. And it's just not going to work out well for him simply because of his size and his weight. And, and you know what? I, to add to that, I mean, he took a, a lot of really, really bad sacks, particularly last season, and that kind of led to his injury. Uh, that nagged him for the for the end of last last season in college football. So I've got Bryce Young at three, and I have the Colts trading up to one, uh, trading with the Bears up to the one spot to take him because I, I do think he won't go any lower than one. I, I think he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. At two, I've got Richardson. You know, I think we all agree that he really, really opened some eyes to some doubters and people who were skeptical of his play on Saturday. Um, I mean, he's a massive, massive individual, 6'4". I think it was like 240-something. I mean, so this guy is huge. Um, Ran an outstanding 40 um, and was was looking really sharp when they were – flipping balls around so I think that raised his stock I I I can't remember who said it but there's no way this guy falls lower than than nine uh there's no way if Carolina stays at nine there's absolutely no chance that he goes lower than that pick 
Um, and if you're still sort of denying that he's not a top 10 talent in this draft, you're, you're crazy. So I have him going to Seattle at five. I think they get their quarterback of the future at the five spot. You know, I, I do know that they have defensive issues and that they could probably take a edge rusher or a linebacker or um, a nickel or someone up front to really bolster their defense and make them uh, a really hard out in like a playoff game. But I feel like um, they've, they've got the offensive weapons, man. They've got a really good, ru- I guess it'll be a sophomore running back. They've got the receivers. They've got the O-line. Um, they've got the coach. They've got the pieces on defense. So I think they they take Richardson at five, get their quarterback of the future. Number one, I've got Stroud going to the Texans at two because, I, like I said, I've got the Colts trading up to one and taking Young. If Young is on the board after the one pick, I think Houston ends up taking him um, because – I don't know. I, the only guy that I think they could like take other than Stroud or Young, I guess, is AR. But I just I, I don't know if like AR is worth like a, a two pick. Like I really don't. Um, Stroud I, he didn't really do. Sorry, Jared. What? No, oh, my mic was muted. Um, I said you just kind of have to factor in like some of these organizations are fucking nuts. Right. So that's why I True. put in like AR to the Colts because Jim Ursa would be slamming Chris Ballard's table like, I want that 40 yard runner, brother. Let's go get him. Right. Like, I could just totally see that happening. But I, I see your point, though. I think that's honestly, I, I completely agree with your rankings, obviously. So, and, and so on Stroud, though, real quick, I mean, didn't really do anything really surprising at the combine. Kind of just rolled up and, you know, ran the 40 that we kind of expected him to. Um, you know, when they were when the quarterbacks were throwing, you know, he looked sharp. He, he made all the throws that we knew he was capable of and, and that the rest of these guys were throwing. Um, you know, the height and the weight are exactly what you want. He He's, you know, more than adequately sized to be uh, the, the sort of, you know, stock NFL quarterback, right? Um, very talented, I think in the semifinal versus Georgia kind of proved all the doubters wrong in terms of, I mean, this, this guy can move around. Um, you know, I think people had questions on whether or not this guy was a mobile quarterback or not. And definitely kind of silenced the doubters in that game, you know, best, you know, to boot best receiver was out and was missing his second best receiver in the second half of that game. And they only lost because the kicker, um, absolutely botched that kick at the end of the game tragic but um i don't know if i had to if i had to to take my you know the guy that i would want my team to take out of all five of these guys i guess really just the the last four i mean i think you got to go stroud man i think yeah i think stroud's superior i think he's the safest bet he's the safest bet at quarterback you know going forward right like he he's pretty you know, you know what you're getting. There's not a lot of uncertainty. He can throw the ball well. He can move around well. He's a good size. You know, I just you don't know, really see any flaws. His like, prototype, you know, he reminds me of when I watch him play. You know, he reminds me of a lot of Aaron Rodgers. Just yeah. absolutely everything is polished, clean, the improvisation, the ability to put the ball on a pin needle, 
and yes. it just looks like he's like, okay, this guy is going to come down the field and whoop my ass. It doesn't matter who he's throwing the ball to. So right. he's and, AR. And I think, he's Aaron Rodgers to me. And, and I think the thing with Young that kind of like distracts me and throws me off about him is that, you know, we all know about the arm talent, right? We, we know that this guy can throw really, really well, but I don't know, man. I just, I, I, I can't overlook the size. I like, want it's... him to do something crazy at his pro day or else he's still going to be my third quarterback. I, I honestly would rather have AR over him because I think AR, you're going to get a better back-end revenue. You're going to probably... It's a, it's, a, it's a bigger project with AR, but it's like mm-hmm. the payoff could be exponentially higher with yeah. Richardson I mean, honestly, than any of these guys, really. Um, the ceiling feels like it's way higher for Richardson I think... than... Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to cut you off. I was just No, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's just the thing with AR is, like, I feel like it's important that we that we have to say is that you can't ignore the tape, right? Yeah. You know, he, he really makes the, the easy throws look hard. And, and the ridiculous that, think, throws look easy. It, right, exactly. He makes like the freak of nature plays. It's kind of like Lamar, you know, like in yeah. very many ways. Like Lamar makes the really easy throws look way too difficult, mm-hmm. but he makes the, you know, the MVP 80 yard runs where he drops like five guys on the way to a touchdown look easy, right? Like effortless. Yeah. So, so it's just. You know, do you want to gamble and take AR with like a really high pick and and maybe, you know, get like a league winning quarterback? Or do you want to take one of these guys that it's like you're pretty certain on what you're getting? You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, One thing we'll bring up before Matt quick is honestly, when I saw AR, he's a hybrid to me of Vince Young meets a poor man's Cam Newton. Or Cam Newton, I'm not sure, but he reminds me of the two of them because he has a very much a lot of Vince Young in him. Where it's like, it's gonna look ugly, it may not look pretty, but he's still gonna get the first down, and it's like okay. And he's got that Cam Newton because it's just the size, the strength, the leadership ability, and just the ability to take over a game. Maddie, I'm sorry we've made you chomp at the bit. You go as fast as you want or slow as you want. The floor is yours. Let's hear it, Matt. Well, my, mine will be on the quicker side because I know you guys know I've this is when my first year where I started actually watching a lot more college football. So I'll start with my number five, a wild card that not, neither of us have talked about in our top five right now. I'll throw Max Duggan in there. I, I like the guy. I think this kid has, I think this kid has potential for maybe after sitting for a year or two to just kind of make it into this league and just try and stamp his name in there. But I also think there's a big risk that he could just kind of wind up being like an AJ McCarron who backup at best um mediocre starter at best kind of thing but max duggan obviously he's not going to be a first rounder but i have him going to denver eventually in the draft i I think sean payton is he's going to roll with russell wilson i think you have to especially with that contract um but i could see sean payton doing a just kind of like a you know a mid-round flyer on the guy be like hey we're going to throw him behind russ worst comes to worst russ pans out and this kid learns behind him um, so I got Duggan going to Denver with Sean Payne. I think that'll be a, a nice fit for him. He gets he just gets into the league with a coach that can develop him. Um, number four, I'm going with Will Levis with this one. I like Will Levis. I think it's mostly because he's Connecticut native. But if you look at it like Jared was saying, you look at his stats, nothing screams franchise, nothing screams elite, nothing screams top five, top ten quarterback selection. But we all know he's going to be quarterback selected in the in the top 10 of this draft i have levis going to 
I just have this we I, like like Jared said, I want to pick the Raiders, but I, I have to remind myself they don't have Mike Mayock anymore, who's the worst general manager I've ever seen. They don't have they have Josh McDaniels running the ship. I think Will Levis goes to the Colts. I think everybody I have everybody staying where they are. I didn't do any 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 um any things. I have Will Levis going to the Colts. I think he's gonna get picked higher than he should, obviously. Um I just there's just some weird obsession with him with a lot of teams. I think he goes to the Colts. It just feels like a Colts move. And it's just I'll something DJ was he goes to the freaking Texans at two. They just say, I screw be, it. I would see, the thing is, I, I think he goes my, top five. my friends at home, man. I would be he doesn't just, deserve it, but he goes top five. Um, anybody else think he no, may just, he may be, he may just drop, by the way, Matt, didn't make control. Anybody think, no, like, I, I kind of do, drop, Like, a like he may go, out. like, 20th. And, um, and, like, some team who, like, had no business picking snags him. Like Johnny Manziel. I don't think he falls from... that far, Jared, but I, I think there's a chance that he, he goes somewhere in like that, like 11 to like 16 area. I pray to God that the Patriots just don't try to outsmart themselves. And like, if they took him it. at 14, dude, I, I would like, just don't ever talk to me again, dude, because okay. I, I would two. be crushed. Like two, two teams who could take him late. Washington at 16. Or Tampa at nineteen. Yeah, that's you know that's not a bad call there. Tampa is is absolutely for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't I like think that, Tampa Jared. has I don't think Tampa has the staff though to build a quarterback right now. I mean Todd Bowles they don't was care. worked with Sam Darnold. Yeah, yeah they, they don't they, they do not right give, don't a give a shit, shit man. <laughs> they don't um, give a right, shit. So then, uh, they got their Super Bowl yeah. man. Now they don't care. Yeah, like, that's true. I got for my third one up. I got Anthony Richardson. Um, he like we they talked about it's just the potential that he has it's almost dangerous to just talk about or just take that risk on that because like you said he could be an mvp cam newton or he could want to be an offensive young nobody really knows what it's going to be he has the potential to be like a top tier cam newton is he going to i have we have no idea i think he doesn't make it past number nine i think he goes to the panthers with this one um you give him DJ Moore. You give him Dante Foreman. He, they need work on offense. It's obvious that the Panthers need a lot of work on offense. But I can I can definitely see if he's still there and the Panthers are up at nine. I don't think he makes it past them. Yeah. Um, number two, I got Bryce Young, and I think Bryce Young is going to be the first quarterback to come off the draft board. I think he's going to go to the Texans. Um, I think he stays in the Southern region, um, and I. I, I it just seems like something the Texans are going to do. I, I I hear a lot of this Bryce Young talk. Is he big enough? Size questions. And it just makes me think of Lamar Jackson when he was coming out into the draft. Everybody was questioning his size. Everybody was questioning his arm strength. Can he be quarterback? Should he convert to running back? And Bryce Young's getting a lot of the same attention because of his measurements and everything like that. So I think the Texans take that risk on him and he goes to them at, what are they picking to? Yeah. Yes. And then last up, obviously, we have C.J. Stroud. And the only team left is obviously the Las Vegas Raiders. I think C.J. Stroud goes to the Raiders. I think, listen, C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, like we all talked about, I think he's the number one quarterback in this draft. Imagine him with, De- with um, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Josh Jacobs. That's, like, amazing. Especially if he pans out and he's who we all think is going to be. That's Raiders an amazing offense. might be like that team. that Every year there's that one team led by a rookie that makes the playoffs. And everyone's like, wait, what the fuck? Where did they come from? I think it's the Raiders. 
And if any I think, quarterback, yeah, no, I was going to say, if any quarterback slips out the top 10, like Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, I think are two guys that can slip out of the top 10. Like if anybody were to slip, possibly my ahead of the, my jump ahead of the game prediction is the Jets get Aaron Rodgers. And if they are really not sold on Shocker. Zach Wilson, it, listen, if, if they're really not sold on Zach Wilson, like all the reports are saying, I, they dump him. I don't know. I could very well see the Jets going Anthony Richardson at, thir- at uh, 13 and just letting him sit behind Rodgers for a year or two. But if anything, I think if Will Levis or Anthony Richardson slip and makes it to the pa- to Patriots, I think they take whichever one's available. Like, I think Bill Belichick is done with Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is fine. I think he's <laughs> I, I I think Mac will. Dude, I think dude, Mac Jones is Matt, fine. Man, do not get me excited, dude. Because like, if they took Richardson at fourteen, like, oh my god, man, the the oh, hype yeah, that you would be hearing 14. from me, like, he'd be drunk Facetiming. <laughs> I, I, I would be like, I've never even seen Mason drunk yeah. before, so I don't even know if it, you actually drink or not. But like, I'd be like, you'd be like popping champagne bottles and going <laughs> crazy. I could just yeah, see dude. this happening. Oh, yeah. My well, my bold prediction, my sleeper prediction though, is the Patriots make a trade with the um, with the with the Raiders, and they take whatever quarterbacks available. But I I can just I just can see Mac Jones becoming a Raider, just reuniting with Josh McDaniels. There's some ties with the ownership and everything over there. I, I can I can see the Patriots making some sort of deal where they move into the top five and they give up Mac Jones. I, top ten, but yeah, no, I see what yeah. you're saying. I just, I don't know. I think, I think they, they really kind of were like, okay, maybe we didn't. Ha- I think Bill, Bill's one of those guys who just does it to prove a point. I think Mac has one more year in New England. If Mac is good, then there, then you know the cycle of uh, purgatory continues. But if, <laughs> if he's absolute doggy dude, I just, you know, I think for some reason and. I love my boy Kev, right? But Kev said to me, he goes, dude, if they treat Mac like shit, I'm off. I'm done with pro football. I'm like, your boy played like crap and then violated team rules. DJ Williams' career was killed because he bitched about his playbook. Like, Mac Jones went outside to talk about shit to other teams and other play- like other coaches. Like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, Bill yeah. failed, but you say something to Bill. Yes, Bill also has fucking lost his mind, but it's still Bill. That's like, not true. <laughs> yeah, he that... hired Billy O.B., who's probably going to trade their best player for a bag of beans again. It's okay. <laughs> I, I mean, to reiterate, I think Mac Jones is fine. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he, how can you really say this kid he's sucks after you gave mid. him? He's, he gave him a he's, defensive coordinator he's, for he's an offensive capable. I, I, like, I think he's that's just... the best word to sort of like describe Mac Jones is, is – like he's just capable, man. Like he's not, you know, he's not going to be Josh Allen, but he's not going to be Davis Mills. You know what I mean? He's it, which is a huge range, right? Um, one's like you know, debatably best quarterback in the league, and the other's like bottom five. But um, you just you don't know what you're getting on any given day, man. He might come out there and sling it around for. 250 and three TDs and run for another one, or he might come out here and and uh, throw two picks and throw for less than 100 yards and no touchdowns. You just you, you got no idea what you're getting. 
No. And you can't put them on an, some sort of an elite top tier. Like you can't just you can't say like, oh, if they if they get rid of him, like I'm done. Like he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh right. Allen. Yeah. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Jalen Hurts. Prospect. And we knew that. Like we knew that when when he was drafted, right? We knew that he was going to be, you know, a guy who was going to sit in the pocket and and sling it around, right? Like we knew yeah. what we were getting. We weren't getting like this you know, Anthony Richardson or Lamar Jackson yeah. prospect. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, that's a weird take to have it's, from, from your friend. We, I mean. we somehow got to a Mac Jones conversation. I have to talk about CJ Stroud, who me and Mason think might be the next, like, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I will say know, real quick, I, I didn't have the Raiders um, taking a quarterback because I have them getting Rodgers. No, 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 getting uh, Jimmy G. You know, oh, the, he hops, he hops the bet. Oh. The the Josh oh. McDaniels Jimmy G connection. I think it makes a lot of sense, and, I, I and that kind of like, yeah. I mean, you're not going to have to, you know, maybe maybe they take AR at like seven or whatever they're at. Yes, yeah, seven. Um, and then they trade for Jimmy G. Oh, I guarantee we're going to have one of those what the fuck picks in the first top five that me, we're all just going to be like what. And the best thing is. Every year, I always go on our boy Dan Mater's uh, fantasy football show, and I always come on, and somehow right at that point, my Eagles do something that makes my jaw hit the floor. It doesn't matter when I go on. It always happens. So I'm going on a pick 15. So I think the Eagles are trading back to pick 14. They're going to pick something either I love or they're going to trade that pick for some ridiculous free agent, whether that's Derrick Henry or Jalen Ramsey or something, where I'm just going to freaking shit a brick. So I, I've just I officially it's locked in. Bold prediction: My how he does something ridiculous at fourteen. But by the way, look for me on that show. Uh, we'll I will be doing uh, right now by myself. I think, but I think somebody else is going to do the that time slot with me. But also, we'll do our mock drafts probably the week before. Um, I only want I only want to subject these two to one mock draft. I feel bad. Me and Kevin did four one year. That was ridiculous. Real quick, NBC Sports reporting Broncos are shopping Cortland Sutton. Huh. So, that I mean, you know, there you go. That's another oh. guy where it's like, you know, was getting a lot of hype last year, you know, around this time, later in the summer. Aren't they shopping Jerry Judy, too? I haven't heard that. But, you know, that's another guy for teams to get or, or at least look at or – you know, maybe hit up the front office at, in Denver and say, you know, what's the price, man? Because, you know, that, that it's just tricky because it's like that dude, you know, you were hearing that he was going to be really good. This was going to be a breakout season for him. Him and Russ, you know, supposedly had a ton of Kim coming in uh, to last season. And then it was just like extremely disappointing, um, extremely disappointing. I know a lot of people, you know, took him in fantasy, obviously. And we're very disappointed with the oh, yeah. production. I mean, he was well, I he mean, was trash. Like, I think that was just, I don't know. I don't that was know, just black. chatter. That was just what, noise. What the hell? I don't know any, I don't know what the hell is happening right now with like the Broncos. Like, cause half of me thinks that like, oh, this was just like Nate Hackett. But I think Nate Hackett's going to light it up with whoever he gets over in New York. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers or they get Jimmy G or whatever. I think they're going to light it up. I think Hackett's a good OC. I just don't think he can manage a team. Just like how Todd Bowles is a great coordinator, can't manage a team. Right. Uh, Rex Ryan, same thing. 
Um, either either way, man, the, the Broncos sold their I, soul, bro, and there's no coming yeah, back. They, they, we know that they, at least. There's, I think we're gonna do a, a, a hierarchy, like once, like almost like kind of like how the herd does. What every year is gonna be a new list. I'm gonna make a list, and we're gonna like. I, this is my attempt at stand-up comedy where I'm going to make a list and it's going to be funny. And unlike Nick Wright, my bias ain't going to show that fast. God, I want to shave his head into a reverse mohawk. I can't stand <laughs> him anymore. Um, I used to love him back when, like, before, like, his Chiefs were good. Um, I will say this before we get out of here. I really do not. I think they're, they're, they're like, in the same boat as the Saints where they've sold their soul. And I, you know what the crazy thing is? Like, everyone's forgetting, like, AK is probably going to jail. <laughs> like, can we talk about yeah. this? Like, Alvin Kamara is probably going to jail. That that video is rough, man. It's almost as bad as Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> just trying to force him. And I'm just like. And Mike Thomas is done, man. I mean, that that dude is I know. Not... Mike Thomas. Oh, no. He's done talent-wise. But he's, he's staying. He's, he's staying. Well, yeah, yeah. No, I just, I just mean that he's never going to be on that same level as he was for about two years. So he, you know, it's like you you factor in that, you factor in um, Kamara maybe like doing like legitimate like jail time. Yeah, um, I'm calling. And you know what? You guys hearing about the freaking Raiders? Apparently now, uh, Rugs might beat beat the charge on a technicality. <laughs> That's wild, <laughs> what dude. The, what the shit? Like this system? And listen, I, I you know he's gonna have to live with that the rest of his life. But like, I guarantee somebody's gonna sign him within a week. Oh that yeah, that dude's got that dude's got game breaking speed. Freaking I mean, nature. Listen to, I know. And uh, all right. Well, um, that about wraps it up for us tonight. Uh, we went long because I, I think we're all decided to see each other again. Uh, we do have a show Thursday. I have not figured out guests yet, honestly, because I don't know what kind of mood I'm in yet. So. <laughs> In the off season, it's a lot easier to get guests because it's not as crazy. Um, look out for us getting guests on our Monday shows coming up soon. Uh, also, uh, we'll be doing uh, some March Madness previews, doing some baseball previews because you know baseball, and um, you know because we've got a Diamondbacks, Astros, Yankees fan. All three teams have something to look forward to this season. <laughs> My team's a sleeper team. We're guys. We made it to the sleeper team level. <laughs> hey, man, just know, you know, coming from a from a lifelong Astros fan, man. I mean, it was like just growing up, dude, for probably the first fourteen for years Roger of my Clemens life, year, right? fifteen years of my life, dude. It was nothing but like guys just hating my life, like. <laughs> So, so Guys, just know, Jared, that I've been in your position, and in there are brighter days. I was ahead. in exactly your position because ahead. my team went to the World Series. My team won when I was a, chi- a small child. Your team went to the World Series. Oh uh, four, oh five. How old were you? Like, so I, I, I would have been four or five. But, but yeah, that's, so I know, was, that's I was five when, for me to remember. I was five when Arizona won the World Series. So I have very little memories of it. Right, I, I remember small snippets. I like the Diamondbacks because my favorite, one of my favorite animals was the rattlesnake. And I'm like, oh, it's perfect. And also Randy Johnson, my first baseball card. So it was just easy as hell. And I stuck with them. Uh, there was times where I root for the Yankees because the Diamondbacks were so bad. It was impossible for me to watch as a little kid. But, like, I really didn't care that much. 
I love Dayron. Let's be. I'll, I'll be straight up. I love Dayron. I love Nick Swisher, and I liked um. What was his fucking face? Um. Uh, I liked Rob. Tashera, Robbie. Can I liked all these guys, right? So like they they were like the team I rooted for because they got all the players I liked. But like now, like I just have a firm love for my Diamondbacks and a hatred for every other baseball team. So it works now. Like I root for teams in the playoffs. But let's be honest, unless from April from March 30th till October 5th, there's only one team I root for. No, two teams I root for: the Arizona Diamondbacks and anybody who plays the LA Dodgers. That's it. Good call. All right, boys and girls, that is the season premiere of season nine of the corner booth, the off season round four. All right. Round five. Jesus. I'm losing track of time at this point. We appreciate y'all stopping by shout out to our amazing sponsors. Yeatsofficial.com promo code corner booth for 10% off candidates.com promo code belly up 20 for 20% off. Just ordered a haul and manscaped promo code belly of fantasy for 20% off. I just got the beard trimmer. It's on the way. Because this is a travesty. God, I hate my wall trimmer. It's terrible. Boys and girls, enjoy your week. We will see you Thursday for a brand new Corner Booth free game with lots of shenanigans as we get ready. Um, also, uh, enjoy, folks. Uh, please drink responsibly. It's a Monday, you hooligans. And enjoy. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network. Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the Corner Booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. Enjoy it. Here at the Corner Booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code CORNERBOOTH for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas.